Content advisory. Unless fluent in blasphemy and whiskey drinking, this is not appropriate for your grandma, your college admissions counselor, or your boss. Contact Matt and Laura with questions, complaints, or general cosmic platitudes at unpackthezodiac at gmail.com. I mean, I feel I feel that creeping back up, back up. But the beauty of doing this on a podcast is we either learn or we look like assholes. <laughs> well, we probably look like assholes, right? <laughs> I'm excited for learning. <laughs> Astrology, y'all. All right. Get a sip of my wine. Hey, Matt. Hey, Laura. Hey, cosmonauts. Hey, cosmonauts. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we did really, really good, Matt. We were on a train and we were working and we were learning and we felt like we were making progress. And then chapter five happened. And we've already done it two did. episodes on chapter five. And we've learned that... <clears throat> chapter five is fucking hard. <laughs> It, it is because it involves the actual, we are taking all of the information that we've learned mm. and making it into actionable things to use. And the problem it's is applied that, knowledge. Yeah. It, right now we've just been learning knowledge and transitioning from learning knowledge to applied knowledge changed the entire game. So mm -hmm. because we've been struggling with this, um, if other cosmonauts have not been struggling with this, Flying Spaghetti Monster, bless you, or God bless you, or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. Because uh, that's that's not where we're at. I have a plan, and I wanted to let you know the plan and kind of talk about what, what I'm going through. Hopefully, you can kind of put some stuff into that for how we're going to move forward on this. Okay. The first thing I'm going to do is we're going to spend this episode particularly just focusing on planets and signs, period, because we've realized that, well, I've realized that even though I know it, I don't well I don't know it well enough that it's actually a part of my language yet. And so right now I need same, to learn this as a same. language. And then mm -hmm. the next episode is going to be a redux on the houses and all of the other things that we have learned thus far. And then the episode after that is going to be a revisit of chapter five. Now, if we bomb chapter five again what we're going to do is we're going to accept it and then we're going to move on into further elements because I feel like this roadblock we're experiencing, we're going to work on a little bit and then we're going to recognize that maybe this roadblock is primarily because we don't know enough in the future to understand the past. So we're going to... That's fair. I, we're going to move on to... That actually makes a lot of... Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I, I really, really like your approach for revisiting lessons one and two and revisiting lessons three and four separately. I like this a lot, actually, because for me in my past, when I've been studying anything, so let's just talk about a language, for instance, right. like Spanish. This is this is actually a language. Yes. This astrology is like learning a language. So if you take a break you need to kind of go back and revisit right. some previous lessons before you get to, you don't get to just kind of pick up where you left off because that it, it just doesn't work that way right. with, with the human brain. So I really like your approach. And 
I also completely agree with if we bomb lesson five, let's move forward. Right. My gut says, though, that we're not going to bomb it. I think once we revisit these two in the next, you know, this episode, next episode, I think we're going to do pretty well in five. Prove me wrong. I, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll still struggle through five. But I think the reason that we're struggling through five is that I think that because I looked forward into lesson six and seven and I didn't read them. I just looked forward literally in the index and lesson six and seven deal with the aspects. And I feel like that's an integral point that we're missing from understanding the language to being able to delineate a chart. And then all of the episodes after that literally focus on one planet and its relationship to another planet. Can we just jump to those? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. That's the opposite of what this podcast is about. No, but I feel like for me, when I took a look at the index and I saw what was laid out before us, I realized that this number five is a little roadblock. And like, I looked at number, like I have looked at this book as like, I need to understand every step fully. And then I can... I can give, I can put some gimmies, but I can try and draw connections. And I, I've started now realizing that I need to start getting comfortable with what I know and accepting that what I know is going to become more comfortable the more that I learn further. And so we're going to yeah. push through. And once we get into the planets and their relationship to other planets, um, I think lesson eight is the sun. And it's just the sun's relationship to other planets. I'm very excited about that because I feel like that's going to take us back to a, a, like a review of one, two, three, four, and then feed into number five, which is the one that we're struggling with. There's a part of me, actually, that would like to get through number five, go through the rest of the entire book, and then go back to number five as our final revisit. Because I feel like through that, through the whole book, we're actually going to have a much better understanding of number five. Let's do it. Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. I will say I did, you know, revisit lessons one and two, obviously, before we got together this evening to record this episode. And I paid particular focus on the tests at the end. Mm -hmm. That was super helpful for me to kind of revisit those tests. Yeah. Yes. So I would just encourage people to kind of do the same, even if you've already taken them, which mm-hmm. which we both had. Mm-hmm. It just was nice to kind of revisit that. And I, I, there were a couple that stumped me, yeah. even though I had already taken it. And so that's that's a, just a healthy reminder of you haven't committed this to uh, language memory. yet. Right. Right. There's that. And also I found like... <laughs> I know that what I'm about to say is going to sound like total podcast bullshit, but I've actually found re-listening to our previous episodes has been very helpful in helping me remember the things that I've learned. Like, it's almost kind of like Mm -hmm. re-listening to a lecture, but the lecture is one that we gave. So it's like literally like powing off little synapses in my head. So that's interesting. Okay. I I would encourage people, like, if you're feeling really lost... Re-listen to an episode, and if re-listening to that episode still didn't answer your question, then email us, unpackthezodiac at gmail, like, gmail.com. We're here to help with those things, and if there's something that we mm-hmm. didn't address, I am happy to try and address it. In fact, this whole process for us is how we learn astrology to become astrologers, but it's also for all of you to learn along with us. And so if we're missing something, mm-hmm. it's very likely that we are actually missing it. So <laughs> yes, yes. So you drawing our attention to it is something that we need. 
Yep. So with that in mind, I would like to actually, um, I'm going to show you my, my, my study materials that I've started. I've created, so I have this like little, like it's a mini accordion folder, half, the half a size of a, an eight and a half by 11. And I've filled it with index cards. And then I've created labels. Okay. I'm going to show this to Matt. Matt, 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 might see it, but like, there's gonna be a lot of like, okay. God damn it. I'm sorry. Cosmic fail. Okay. Where's the camera? So I have like each index card set is a different set of index cards for the lessons. And that's mm -hmm. been a way of me helping yeah. to create study guides that actually work through that. Signs, planets, houses. Yes. Yes. And I've, I've labeled them like literally according to the lesson numbers, just to lessons. give me some kind of accents. Yeah. Um, some kind of access cool. point. So today we're covering the signs and the planets. So I'm going to bring out all of my note cards for signs and planets, as well as the book itself, because I think that getting some kind of, okay, like side rail, I went to school for elementary education and special needs education, and I finished up everything I needed to get a special needs education master's degree, but couldn't get it because I didn't finish my bachelor's degree and then realized that all of the credits I took for my master's degree didn't count because I hadn't completed my math, my bachelor's degree yet. It's a long, complicated story. We don't need to go into it, but all that to say, I am not an educator at all. I have a tiny amount of training in education. And for me, flashcards and things like this are a very integral part to like looking, writing, seeing, finding mm -hmm. other ways of engaging your senses so that you can really understand it. So I've got that. Now I'm going to start off with the book itself. So lesson one is the introduction, and we're actually going to incorporate the introduction into the uh, second episode. We're going into lesson two, which is just the signs. And what I wanted to particularly just go through is literally just a speedy go through of all of the signs of the Zodiac. We're not going to focus on anything too much, but just to kind of remind us of the language. I mean, Matt, do you have any designs? Is there anything that you wanted to cover right away or anything? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm on your train. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the train. We're moving forward. Let's see where we okay. go. So I'm going to, some of these things that I'm saying are things that we've covered before, but I think that the art of repetition is going to help us. So we're starting with Aries because that's where everything starts. And that's a good mnemonic to remember. Aries starts with everything. Mm -hmm. Aries is the first house. Mm -hmm. Aries is a cardinal sign. Cardinal signs are starters. So Aries, first mm -hmm. house, cardinal. It's a fire sign, which means it's a very active, fiery, temperamental kind of thing. Its ruler is Mars. And that's important to remember when we go into the planets. It rules the head and its phrase is I am. So Aries, mm -hmm. I am cardinal. I am fire. I am active. I am all about activity. It's positive and negative aspects. We're not going to go through all of them. However, it is absolutely imperative that we learn all of these because all of these are what we need to know for chapter five. Mm -hmm. So pioneering, competitive, impulsive, eager, courageous, independent, dynamic, quick. Those are great positive aspects of Aries. Mm -hmm. Negative aspects, domineering, quick-tempered, violent, intolerant, arrogant, me first, lacks follow-through. Mm -hmm. All of which relate to cardinal signs. 
cardinal signs. So the way that I like to think about this, and I think it might be helpful, is I am pioneering. I am dynamic. Mm -hmm. I can be domineering. Mm -hmm. I can be... Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever else you want to say. Quick tempered. I can be violent. I can be intolerant. Exactly. So it's it's kind of like I think the innate qualities are the I am's, Mm -hmm. and the the shadow qualities are the I I can be if negative if if negatively aspected. Whatever that looks like in the chart. Right. Right. So that was Aries, and again, like I said, this is a speedy redux. Use this when you like when you listen to this again, and just as just a refresher. Moving on to Taurus, Aries was the first house, Taurus is the second house. And again, we're also dealing with ordinal kind of ideas. Aries was cardinal, Taurus is fixed. So Taurus, second house, the bull fixed, it's an earth sign. Fire, earth always follows fire. Fire, earth, water, oh, air, water. Fire, earth, air, water. Fire, earth, air, water. It's always fire, earth, air, water. So... Aries was fire. It has to be an earth sign that follows it, which is Taurus. It's a passive sign. Its ruler is Venus. We're going into the planets next. That's important to learn. Rules the throat and neck. Its key phrase is I have, and it's known for stability. Now we go into the positive aspects. I have patience. I am sensual. I am conservative. I am thorough. I have stability. I have dependability. I am practical, I am artistic, I am loyal, I am comfort-oriented. Then we get into the negative aspects. They can be self-indulgent, stubborn, slow-moving, too set in their ways, possessive, greedy, or materialistic. These are the things that we need to commit to our brains. A lot of these things are very, very connected when you think about Taurus as the I have stable sign. So if your I have and you're a stable person, you're going to be patient. You're going to be domestic. You're going to be stable and dependable. All of these things. That's also going to mean that you're stubborn, that you're self-indulgent because you're all about the stuff you have. Like, that's where that goes. Mm -hmm. So that's Taurus, second house. Third house, Gemini. Fire, earth, air, water. Gemini is an Mm -hmm. air sign. Aries, Taurus, Gemini. First, second, third house. It is a mutable sign. So we went through cardinal, fixed, mutable. All of this works all the way around. It's an active sign. And again, we do active, passive as an, a swapsies. So if it was... an active, passive is also masculine, feminine. Correct. Absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. So if the sign before it was active, the sign after it is passive and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Its ruler is Mercury. And that's the one thing that we have to keep in mind for this lesson, but we have to keep all these things in mind. It's phrases, I think. It's keyword is versatility. Gemini, third house, mutable, versatility. Active versatility, you guys. It's positive aspects. Congenial, curious, adaptive, expressive, quick-witted, literary, inventive, clever. If you think about versatility, all of those keywords fit into that idea of being adaptive, expressive. They are very adaptive and absolutely fluid kind of individuals within that realm. The negative aspects, 
Changeable, ungrateful, scatterbrained, restless, scheming, lacking in concentration, um, lacking in follow-through, too talkative. So Mercury is the planet of communication. So we've got the planet of communication Mm -hmm. with all of these versatile elements, which is going to make someone too talkative. It's going to make them unable to concentrate too much on one thing. It's going to make them a little scatterbrained, a little restless. So that's Gemini. And I know I'm going through these things fast, but I want to make this actually a lesson that's done in an hour. (laughs) This is great. So now we're on to the fourth house. What signs the fourth house, house, Matt? Cancer, me. Yep, air, earth, fire, (laughs) water. water. Air, Aries. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, um, fire, earth, air, water. Fire, Aries, earth, Taurus, air, Gemini, and then water, Cancer. And mm-hmm. Cancer is the crab. It's a water sign. It's passive. The ruler sign is the moon. Or the ruler planet is the moon. It rules the breast and stomach. And its key phrase is I feel. And its keyword is devotion. So when you take those key phrases and keywords and you look into their positive and negative aspects, they actually fit very well. They're tenacious, intuitive, maternal, domestic, sensitive, traditional, helpful, sympathetic, emotional. They have a really good memory. I love the good memory part because Mm -hmm. that absolutely reflects devotion. And Mm -hmm. I feel. Then when you get to the negative aspects, if you're dealing with someone who's a very feeling, very devoted person, think about these things. Yeah, Matt's giving me the double finger. Middle finger. Thank you. Negative aspects. I feel devotion. Brooding. Touchy. Too easily hurt, negative, manipulative, too cautious, lazy, selfish, sorry for self. So they like to engage in self-pity. They can turn negative. Being brooding or touchy is a very much an I feel devotion aspect of those things. And again, mm-hmm. we're dealing with a... Thank God that doesn't describe me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer is also a cardinal sign. So again, we're dealing with cardinal, mutable, fixed cardinal we're back on cardinal again if anyone is gonna start the brooding it's gonna be me (laughs) (laughs) yes yes so air earth i'm sorry um fire earth air water we just finished a water sign the next sign up fire fire right the fifth house is leo fire sign it is a fixed sign because we just got done with the Um, cardinal sign and it's always cardinal oh wait cardinal fixed mutable Mm -hmm. that's correct yes thank you cardinal fixed mutable Mm -hmm. it's an active sign fire signs are always active its ruling planet is the sun it rules the heart and its phrase is i will and its keyword is magnetism Think about I will and magnetism when you think about these keywords and you put them into your brain. Positive aspects. I will magnetism. Positive. Dramatic. Optimistic. Idealistic. Proud. Ambitious. Creative. Dignified. Romantic. Generous. Self-assured. Absolutely elements of a magnetic personality that Mm -hmm. is devoted into being self-propelled. I will do this thing. Mm-hmm. Their negative concept, their their negative attributes or shadow attributes: vain, childish, overbearing, cruel, boastful, pretentious, autocratic. Again, the I will magnetism, and this is where we get into Leo as kind of the king idea. But like I will magnetism, mm-hmm. 
a childish element of that is I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care what you think. And they are just mm -hmm. charismatic enough to just pull that off. So that was mm -hmm. Leo. All right, six thoughts. We're almost halfway through. So air, I, I'm sorry, fire, earth, air, water, fire, earth. We just finished with the fire sign. We're not on an earth sign. That's a Virgo, which is the sixth house. One, two, three, four, five. And we're on a passive sign. The last sign was active. And we're on a mutable sign. The last sign was fixed. Cardinal fixed mutable. Again, it all makes sense mm -hmm. geographically, but we're just trying to get this in our brain like a secondary language. The whole point of this is a review. This is really helpful for me. Anyway. Oh, thank you, Matt. I feel like it's kind of dry, mm -hmm. but it, it's got to be. I mean, like this is... I mean, I didn't say it wasn't dry. That's super <laughs> helpful. <laughs> I'm teasing. This is, a, it's very helpful. Okay. It's planetary ruler is Mercury. You'll notice this is the second time we've said that. We're going to go into that with planets, but just it's planetary. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. It rules the intestinal area. It's key phrases I analyze. It's keyword is practicality. So I analyze practicality. Think about those two things when you think about the positive and negative aspects. Positive industrious, studious, scientific, methodical, discriminating, fact-finding, clean, humane, seeks perfection. I love that they have this in a positive sign because that could also be a negative sign, but we'll, we'll get that. Um, we'll get to that. So the negative attributes, critical, petty, melancholy, a worry wart, fears, disease, and poverty, pedantic, picky, sloppy, skeptical. I analyze practicality. All of those things, if you took that idea and turned it into positive and negative aspects, that's literally what this embodies. Okay, that's Virgo, sixth house. That was an earth sign. Again, fire, earth, air, water. So we're on an air sign now. Air sign is Libra, seventh house. It's a cardinal sign. We just got done with a mutable sign. We're in cardinal land again. It's an active sign. We just got done with a passive sign. Its ruling planet is Venus. It rules the kidneys. Its key phrase is I balance and its keyword is harmony. So think about those two things when you think about the positive and negative aspects. I balance harmony. I'm sorry. It's positive um, traits are cooperative, persuasive, companionable or companionable. Peace-loving, refined, judicial, artistic, diplomatic, sociable, and suave. I balance harmony. Now go into the shadow attributes. Fickle, apathetic, loves intrigue, peace at any price. You want to talk about balancing those scales. Pouting, indecisive, judgmental, easily deterred, and hypocritical. Dealing with I balance and harmony... All of those things, when you take them to a shadow element, loving intrigue or being indecisive, totally fit with that. That was Libra. Take a drink. I need to take a drink. Yes. Cheers. 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 <laughs> oh, I love the cheers. Virtual cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Eighth house. I'm here for it. <laughs> Fire, earth, air water so we're on a water sign right now that's fucking scorpio scorpio fucking scorpios it's a fixed sign fixed sign we just got done with a cardinal sign cardinal sign moves to fixed it's passive we just got done with an active sign 
Its ruling planet is Pluto. It rules the genitals. And its key phrase is I desire. And its key word is intensity. I desire intensity. This. Oh, I always thought it was murder. (laughs) That's a negative aspect. I desire murder. (laughs) Please cut that. Sorry. Apologize. We're not cutting that. That belongs. Okay. So positive aspects. They're motivated, penetrating, private, executive, resourceful, determined, scientific, investigative, probing, and passionate. Probing Mm -hmm. and passionate fucking click with me on I desire and intensity. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. take I desire and intensity and put it into a shadow affect. Vengeful, temperamental, secretive, overbearing, violent, sarcastic, suspicious, jealous, and intolerant. Mm -hmm. All of these things are positive and negative aspects of Scorpio. Okay. Okay. So we did air or i'm sorry god damn it i always want to start things with air because it's an alphabetical thing air earth fire water is the alphabetical order. or it's because that's what right. you are <laughs> it's all about me um no so it's it's fire earth air and water, water. and we just finished with the water sign so now we're on a fire mm-hmm. sign the ninth yep. house is sagittarius fire sign mutable sign it's active we just got done with the passive its ruling planet is jupiter God bless Sagittarians. They're so fucking lucky. They rule the hips and thighs. Their key phrases, I understand. Their keyword is visualization. Positive and negative aspects. I understand visualization. If you want to talk about potential and kind of growth, here's where we go. They're straightforward, philosophical, freedom-loving, broad-minded, athletic, generous, optimistic, just, religious, which I think is interesting, Mm -hmm. scholarly, enthusiastic, and idealistic. Enthusiastic and idealistic totally embody a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Their negative aspects is they can be argumentative, exaggerative, overly talkative, procrastinating, self-indulgent, blunt, impatient, a gambler, pushy, hot-headed, and have a missionary zeal. So essentially, Sagittarians can fall prey to their own philosophies, I think is what that is saying. Ooh, I like I like that. I like the way you positioned that. One interesting observation I will make, which I know I haven't made this for any of the other signs, but it just jumped out at me, so um, cut it or leave it. But the overly talkative is applicable to Sagittarius and their polar opposite, yes. Gemini. Yes. In these descriptions as the negative shadow quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll find that like as you work with this, you're going to see relationships in the chart itself because they do have geometric relationships. But again, we're learning the crux of the language. So right now it's all about this is Sagittarius. Learn this shit so that you can delineate a chart. So we just got done with the fire. It's fire, earth, Mm -hmm. air, water. Our next sign is earth. And it's our favorite earth sign ever, Matt. Capricorn. <laughs> oh, Capricorns. <laughs> I heart them. Capricorn is the 10th house. Capricorn is a cardinal sign. It's an earth sign. It's passive. Its ruler is Saturn. It rules the knees. And its key phrase is I use. And its key word is ambition. I use ambition. And that gives you literally 
every keyword you need to know about a Capricorn. And I don't mean to oversimplify <laughs> it at all, but I'm going to read these keywords and you're going to see it right here. It's it's one of the things I respect about Capricorn a lot is there is something that is very straightforward about them. They tend to be very black and white people. I'm kind of going off on my own thing. They tend to be very black and white, but that's because literally they, they embody that. They embody that idea of a black and white kind of space. So there's something kind of powerful in that. So mad respect to Capricorns for that. And here we're going to go. I use an ambition. Positive, cautious, responsible, scrupulous, businesslike, perfectionistic, traditional, practical, economical, serious, reliable, and conventional. Absolutely an ambitious, like way, Matt's laughing. I saw his Adam's apple moving. Yes. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not just saying that because it's my polar. <laughs> okay, negative aspects. <laughs> well, honestly, though, like if you want to go into a boring realm, I think that a lot of Earth signs are given that kind of reputation. Tauruses yeah, have I, the exact same thing. True. Virgos, Virgos too. too. You know, boredom is something that is bred on the same in the same garden as stability. And I think it's just a matter of how you actually embody those things as to whether or not you're viewed that way. It's a very good point. Yeah. So, I mean, but I will say it's not like you're ever going to light your cigarette with an earth sign. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I lit a cigarette. Yep. On an earth sign, specifically on my mom because I know that she would be so disappointed about it. <laughs> sorry okay, okay i'm back yeah, i'm okay. here for it so that was the positive sides of capricorn <laughs> oh we're not no. done yet <laughs> we still gotta do the negative ones so fuck me for dragging this shit out <laughs> so the negative signs of, of capricorn domineering unforgiving fatalistic mind rules the heart stubborn brooding inhibited cold status seeking over ambitious and judgmental Boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to have to do a little editing. No, no. That's we're keeping all. it all in. We're keeping it all in. Okay. So again, fire, earth, air. We're now on an air sign. It's the 11th house, Aquarius. They're a fixed sign. It's my favorite. It's my favorite, too, because that's what I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our ruling planet is Uranus. We rule the ankles. Our key phrase is I know, and our key word is imagination. So then we get into our positive and negative aspects. Positive aspects, independent, inventive, tolerant, individualistic, progressive, unique, scientific, logical, humane, intellectual, altruistic. I know imagination. Those can all connect to that. Negative aspects. Unpredictable. Temperamental. Bored by detail. Cold. Too fixed in opinions. Eccentric, radical, impersonal, and rebellious. Absolutely with an I know imagination. If you know and you imagine something, it's going to make you rebellious because you know what the status quo is. You imagine something greater. It's going to make you rebellious. Yeah, for sure. Can I make an observation really quick before we move on to the last sign, the last house? One thing I'm noticing is, which is in particular to the shadow qualities, maybe, maybe it's happening in the, in the positive qualities too, and I'm just not catching it, but I'm seeing a lot of carryover from a previous sign into 
the shadow qualities. So for instance, Capricorn, cold, Aquarius, cold. The, and that's not the first one I noticed. Right. So I will s- I've never, I, that's a connection point I've never observed before. So something that's interesting, I would like, we should spend some time going to Capricorn and Aquarius in the future. Pisces is the 12th house. This is the last house of the Zodiac. Matt's laughing at me because I'm fucking everything up. That's okay. That's how I do. The 12th house, a water sign. It's mutable, passive. Its ruler is Neptune. It rules the feet. Its key phrase is I believe, and its key word is understanding. When we get into the positive and negative aspects, so keep in mind I believe in understanding. It's compassionate, charitable, creative, sympathetic, emotional, sacrificing, intuitive, introspective, musical, artistic, and dreamy. All of those things directly apply to an I believe understanding. And I think that I believe in particular kind of fits a lot of those positive aspects, especially when you're dealing with like a a dreamy element or a sympathetic element or a sacrificing element. Those are very much Mm -hmm. I believe things. Then we get to the negative aspects, which is procrastinating, over-talkative, melancholy, pessimistic, emotionally inhibited, timid, impractical, indolent, often feels misunderstood, vague, and escapist. And I love the fact that it's a, it's one of its keywords. Well, its keyword is understanding, but it often feels misunderstood, which I think mm-hmm. actually is a very... It makes a lot of sense. Right, right. To be an understanding person oftentimes means that you are misunderstood because yeah. you do the work and other people don't have to. Yeah. yeah. So that's Pisces. All right, now we're going to go on to what would be lesson three, which is the planets. And this is going to be a quick one. But again, this is because we're just reviewing things to make sure that this is a part of our vocabulary so we can actually use this to delineate a chart. And our next episode is going to be on houses and all of the generic stuff that we didn't cover. So we've got the moon, a little sidebar. We're dealing with the planets, knowing that the moon and the sun are not planets, but we use them as such in astrology. So I'm going to call them planets, just accept it as that. So we've got the moon as yeah, a planet. They're, they're, yeah, they're technically luminaries, but yeah, we refer to them as planets in, in astrology. Right. The moon, it cycles every 28 days. And that's very important because of how rapidly it changes through the signs. It's ruled by Cancer, it's exalted in Taurus, its detriment is Capricorn, and its fall is Scorpio. Uh, Its keyword is emotions, it's known for its domestic nurturing urge. The moon rules the breasts, stomach, digestion, left eye of the male, right eye of the female. It's the closest planet to the Earth, and it has extremely rapid movement, as evidenced by its 28-day cycle. It involves instincts, moods, phases, fluctuation, feelings, habits, and patterns. It's also personal interests, desires, needs, magnetism, growth, and fertility, a need for touch, which is exactly what we're not experiencing right now, Um, (laughs) impressionability, and consciousness. It also rules liquids, commodities, sailing, brewing, nursing, tradespeople, and the public. And one thing I want everyone to take away from this is that where the moon is shows where you have emotional ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the moon. So now we go to the next planet. And the way that these planets are ordered is also in the order that they are in the solar system, but also in how fast they travel around the earth, uh, travel around the sun, rather, which gives you a clear idea of how quickly and rapidly they change signs. So 
Mercury is 88 days in its cycle. However, it is never more than 28 degrees from the sun. So I want you to take a moment to think about that. If your sun sign is in Aquarius, you could never have a Mercury in Leo. You could only have a Mercury mm-hmm. either in Aquarius, Pisces, or Capricorn because it's always mm-hmm. 28 degrees from the sun. So that's something just to keep in mind when you're looking at a chart. The Mercury is almost always going to be right next to the sun, if not part of the sun. Okay? Mm-hmm. Its rulers are Gemini and Virgo. It's exalted in Aquarius. Its detriments are Sagittarius and Pisces, and its fall is Leo. It's known for reasoning ability, intellectual urge, and the avenue of expression. It, it rules the nervous system, brain, sight, hands, and arms. When we get into the characteristics, it's reasoning, mental and cerebral capacity, ability to communicate, intellect, awareness, dexterity, rationalization, transmission, words, opinion, and sensory perception. So we're dealing with tangible perceptions, real things. Mercury's action is quick, uncertain, and volatile. It also embodies travel, specifically short trips, siblings, children, speaking, writing, bookkeeping, neighborhood activities... Letters and mailing, means of transportation, trade and techniques. A lot of your day-to-day stuff. Mm -hmm. Where Mercury is in your chart is where you communicate best. Moving on to Venus. Venus has a cycle of 224.5 days. And one thing to note here is is, is that Venus is never more than 46 degrees from the sun. So that means that essentially you're plus or minus two signs on either side. A Cancer will never, ever, ever have a Pisces Venus. It's just Mm. they they can't do it. In fact, one could argue that a water sign could never have a Venus in a water sign. An air sign could never have a Venus in an air sign. Or if they do... Yeah, that makes sense. So just mm-hmm. that's something to keep in mind when you're when you're dealing with a chart or dealing with your understanding of how, of how the planets interact with each other. Its ruler is Taurus or Libra. It's exalted in Pisces. Its detriment is Scorpio and Aries. And its fall is Virgo. It's known for affection, the social urge, or sense of value. It rules the throat, chin, cheeks, and taste. And taste is something that you can actually equally apply to Taurus and Libra but in very different respects. And I love that aspect of it. It's the planet of love and sensuality, not sex. Love and sensuality. It's known as a lesser benefic. It's known for art, culture, aesthetics, possessions, partners, beauty, charm, good taste, sentimentality, sweet and sugar, color, harmony, poetry, paintings, jewelry, singing, drama, music. Think about that in relation to Taurus and Libra. Totally works. And also Pisces, because mm-hmm. we have rulers and exaltations of Taurus, Libra, and Pisces. All of these things are characteristics that one can apply to all of those signs. Its action is gentle and harmonious. It rules emotional context, tenderness, moral character, marriage and union, sociability, disposition, luxuries, pleasure, and appreciation. All of these things I find a really nice direct relationship to Taurus, Libra, and Pisces. So the Venus... Is a, is a lovely package that works for me. Okay, mm-hmm. sun. Anything, Matt? I'm sorry. I'm really just overtaking this because I'm reading fast. Okay. You're all good. Okay. <clears throat> sun is ruled by Leo. It's exalted in Aries. Its detriment is Aquarius and its fall is Libra. 
It represents the inner self, the urge to shine, your personality, your ego. It rules the heart, upper back, the right eye of the male, and the left eye of the female, exactly opposite the moon. The sun and the moon mm -hmm. have a diametric relationship in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, it's, main, it's the main expression of your individual. It shows leadership and success. It's the masculine principle or the father, father or husband or men in general, just like the moon is the mother, the wife, women in general. It rules health, vital principles, authority and bosses, rank, title, high office, uh, dignity, energy, sense of identity, and capacity for experience. Its action is fortifying and vitalizing, which is kind of what the sun is. It's a fortifying totally. and vitalizing force. Where you find the sun in your chart is the life and heart of your chart. This is where you want to shine. I've only got a few more left, you guys. Thanks for sticking around. We're not even at an hour yet. We're going to make it through this. Okay. Mars. Mars has a cycle of 22 months. So almost two years. It's ruled by Aries. It's sub-ruled by Scorpio. It's exalted in Capricorn. Its detriment is Libra, also sub-detriment sub of Taurus. And its fall is Cancer. Its keyword is energy. And it also is associated with action, aggressive urge, and initiative. It controls the external reproductive organs, also known as the cock, because women don't have external reproductive organs, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, that threw me off. That's correct. You weren't correct. expecting that, yeah. No. All right. You woke me up. Thank you. External reproductive organs, head and face. It deals with your animal nature. Rawr. Uh, desire and sexual energies shows assertiveness, force, power, construction, work, strife, and competition. Competition, I think, is a good keyword for that. Surgery and operations, weapons, war, accidents, inflammation, wounds, cuts, burns, scalds. Like, essentially, like, if you think of any damage to the body, Mars rules that shit. It's a lesser malefic. Its action is sudden, self-assertive, and disruptive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Disruptive is a good, it's a good one. Its energy can be used destructively and angrily in a fighting way, or it can be used in a, a courageous and more strength kind of way. And all of those really have to do kind of more with like your temperament. Where you find Mars is where you expend the greatest energy. And I think that's a really interesting way of phrasing that. It's where you fight the hardest or where you work the hardest, where you're the most competitive, where you're the most dedicated, that kind of thing. So Jupiter, Jupiter circles every 12 years. So it's essentially in one sign every year. It's ruled by Sagittarius. It's subruled by Pisces. It's exalted in Cancer. Its detriment is Gemini and its fall is Capricorn. One thing I want to just make a note of here, where it's ruled and where it's detriment, the ruler is Sagittarius. The detriment is Gemini. They're opposites. The exalted mm -hmm. is Cancer, the fall is Capricorn. They are opposites. Just something to keep in mm -hmm. mind. If you know one, yeah, you know the other. That's helpful. Yep. Its keyword is expansion. It's a benevolent protective urge. It rules the liver, thighs, and hips. And it's wealth, leisure time, big business, higher mind, optimism, growth, morality and prosperity, higher education, philosophic reasoning, aspirations, vision, idealism, sports, luck, long distance travel, hunting and funness for animals, which I love that because that's such an oxymoron. It's the judge, lawmaker, and the helper. 
It's a greater benefit and its action is orderly and promotes health and growth. This is a uplifting planet. It is a bringer forth of things. It is a feeder of things. Jupiter is where you experience good fortune and like to spend your leisure time. So keep Jupiter in mind. There's a lot going on in that planet. There is a lot. I'd like you to keep Jupiter in mind when we go to Saturn because Jupiter and Saturn are polar opposites even though they're right next to each other. So we got Saturn. It's 28 to 30 years in its cycle. Its ruler is Capricorn. Whereas Capricorn was the fall for Jupiter, right? So if so is the detriment cancer then? The detriment is cancer. That's where mine is. Mm-hmm. Its subruler is Aquarius, it's exalted in Libra, its detriment is Cancer, and its uh, fall is Aries. It's known as the teacher, and it's the urge for security and safety. It's form, discipline, responsibility, organization, ambition, capacity for career, limitations, and delays. It governs theories in scientific law, older persons, depth, patience, timing, tradition, conventionality, orthodoxy, and productive use of time. Jupiter is the Peter Pan. Saturn is the mom or dad telling him to get back to fucking work. <laughs> totally. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It represents truth, contraction, solidification of wisdom and aging. Its action is slow and lasting. It's a taskmaster. Where Saturn is, where best focus and assume response is where you best focus and assume responsibility and where you feel the least secure and tend to overcompensate. So Jupiter is your boon where you feel leisure and Saturn is where you feel insecure and where you have to work to get the barest minimum. Three more and then one final one after that. So four more. (laughs) (laughs) Tricky bitch. (laughs) So Uranus is 84 years. Its ruler is Aquarius. It's exalted in Scorpio. Its detriment is Leo. And its fall is Taurus. It's known as the Awakener. It also covers the freedom urge or divine discontent. And I love divine discontent because I live there. It rules the nervous system. And it's known for inventions, originality, science, electricity, magic, occult, light, astrology, x-rays, airplanes, and insight into nature's laws. It's a very weird kind of amalgamation of all sorts of weird, eclectic, but really exciting kinds of things. This is me, just personal kind of whatever. It's futuristic, humanitarian, intellectual, eccentric, bohemian, egotistical, and utopian. It governs creative will, sudden change, revolutions, and dictators, individualism, rebellions and autonomy its action is sudden unexpected and it's often violent it's a breaker of tradition it's associated with natural i don't i can't read that whatever (laughs) um (laughs) so one thing i want to say just as a like a sidebar so saturn rules capricorn and it used to rule aquarius until we discovered uranus and saturn is all like tradition and stuff like that And then we get to Uranus, which is a breaker of tradition. And I find that a very interesting telling point about me and my mom as a Capricorn and Aquarius. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because you still, I mean, technically, you still have Saturn as a sub-ruler. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. right. So, Which is is almost like a push-pull within itself without even having the Capricorn. Right, right. Uranus is where you do the unusual. Neptune. Ruler is Pisces. Detriment. Wait, I'm sorry. 
Uranus is where you do the unusual. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're welcome. You know what? You're all very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Uranus is this planetary character that's just so sick of Uranus jokes. <laughs> totally. Guess what? Tough shit. Ah! Just kidding. That's the Saturn influence on Uranus right there. Um, <laughs> so it's ruled by Neptune and its detriment is Virgo. It doesn't have an exalted or fall. Intuition, spiritual, or escapist or escapist urge. Think about those things with Pisces. Spot on. Rules the pineal gland and feet. It rules music, movies, stage and TV, glamour, dreams, illusion, delusion, spirituality, ideals, mystique, hunches, creative functions, and things we take deep, deeply for granted in life without questions. Things we take deeply for granted in life without questions is something that really grabbed me right now because I think of a lot of the critical thinking and uh, ideology that's evolving right now about kind of questioning culturally what we're doing. And that's kind of like, this is a, a lesson that Neptune's being given right now. When you go to class, you sit in a chair at a desk. You don't sit in the front of the classroom because it's culturally accepted that you sit in a chair at a desk. This is kind of what Neptune is. It's the things you take for granted that everyone does. It governs fog, petroleum, mystery, anesthetics, flattery, intangibles, fragrances, second sight, love of poetry, color, and dancing. Very weird section of stuff. It's also mm -hmm. known for drugs and drug addiction again affiliated with Pisces, alcoholism, hypochondria, sleepwalking, trances, hypnosis, immateriality, and abnormality. Its action is subtle and gradual, sometimes insidious. Uh, Neptune is where you tend to deceive yourself and others and where you seek the ideal. And if you think about that in relation to Pisces, whammy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pluto, we're almost done, kids. We're almost done. Okay. Pluto, ruled by Scorpio, detriment is Taurus. It doesn't have an exaltation or a fall. It means transformation, destroying or reforming urge or fusion. This is an actively changing force. It mm -hmm. rules the elimination re reproductive system. It rules the underworld and it's hidden from and all things that are hidden from view, including your subconscious and self. It's about replication, like printing and procedures. It governs masses, waste, subversion, crime, and atomic power. It involves transmutation, isolation, coercion, disappearance, kidnapping, anonymity, bacteria, and viruses. We're dealing with a lot of weird, mysterious, ununderstood things here. Mm -hmm. It's generation, regeneration, and degeneration. And I love that. Like, mm -hmm. essentially, it's the full cycle of all the things. Mm -hmm. It exposes secrets and undercover developments. It governs plumbing, dictation. Its action is slow, inevitable, and ponderous. Where Pluto is, um, where Pluto is, you will find complexity where you must solve problems alone and unaided. Okay. Very Scorpio. Very, very yeah. Scorpio. Okay, we're on the final one, kids. We're almost done. This is our review. We're almost done. My last card. The moon nodes. The lesson is to deal with both of the moon's nodes equally. Now, the moon's nodes are not planets. 
However, it's where the moon crosses the ecliptic of the sun. So the north, the nodes are always directly opposite of of each other. So if you have a north node in 10 degrees of Aries, you'll have a south node in 10 degrees of Libra. That's how this works. So the north node is known as the dragon's head, and that's where you strive for fulfillment. The south node is the dragon's tail, and that's where you feel at home and might want to maintain the status quo. And the job that we have is to deal with both equally. So we want to make sure that we don't give everything to the south node. We don't just rest and maintain the status quo, but we also don't just strive for fulfillment. We need to find a way of finding a way to strive for fulfillment and also find a way of feeling at home. And that's all of those. It's very much similar to the idea of a universal balance, right? Yes. The yin and the yang, yes. the positive and the negative. The <clears throat> We don't get to just shy away from one or the other. Right. We should be kind of embracing both in its duality. Right. I realize that this is probably an extremely boring podcast for you all, but this is something that Matt and I needed to do. And this is also going to be a really good re-listen for me to remind me because I need to look at these things. I need to hear these things. I need to write these things in order to actually make them a part of my vernacular, my vernacular, my active brain. So I would encourage all of you look at your Tautla reread lessons two and three and write notes on those and then re-listen to this podcast. It's going to be a slog, but the more that you listen to me say, Taurus is an earth sign and Aries is a fire sign and Aries is cardinal and Mars represents, you know, a competitiveness. All of these things, when you hear it and you write it, it's going to make it actionable for you. And we're going to do the same thing with the houses on our next episode. And then we're going to tackle chapter five and we're going to do it right. And then we're fucking done with these things and we're moving on. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So the least interesting podcast that we've had for us, but a very necessary podcast that we've had for us. And... Absolutely. Um, I guess that we'll just see you next time, cosmonauts. Emails, questions. If you figured out some access point for it, fuck. Let us know, cause goddamn, yeah. we're struggling. Please do. Um, I love you all. Um, honor your moral compass and keep your eyes on the stars, kids. See you later. Good night, y'all. Bye. I think you should say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And then we just say like. Oh god. See? Polished. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Polished turds. (laughs) Okay. Know what's true.